This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Welcome to the Olive Podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each episode I'll be catching up with chefs, cookery writers and characters from the food scene in Britain and beyond. Join us each week to expand your food knowledge as our guests share 10 things we need to know about the specialist subject. And do listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where they also reveal their top cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. I'm delighted to welcome Anna Glover to the podcast. Anna is Olive's senior food editor and an absolute expert at turning out a perfect Sunday lunch. She's probably written hundreds of recipes for Olive over the years. And now the weather is turning, we thought we'd get together to discuss what makes a perfect roast dinner and hopefully give listeners lots of tips and tricks to take away too. Welcome, Anna. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) Now, first of all, I thought I'd get you to describe your perfect roast dinner to me. Like, what are the elements that you have to have on the plate? Oh, okay. Cauliflower cheese has to be there. No matter what else is on the plate, it has to be cauliflower (laughs) cheese. Or like cheesy leeks. Yeah. Absolutely dreamy. Um, And I kind of like, in in my head, the perfect roast dinner has multiple roast meats oh yeah like a carvery yeah exactly <laughs> I've just got like um a carvery in mind yeah like the the open fire and just yeah. like the, the buffet and all the hand carved meat so I'd have like get a bit of gammon yeah um some chicken and a bit of beef yeah and obviously more roast potatoes than, than <laughs> can fit on the plate and extra gravy on the side yeah because I think with a carvery like you get your you'll get your designated amount of meat but then you can go back for more can't you yeah pile it up I love that <laughs> brilliant well we thought we'd just go through like the elements that make up a roast and you know on the plate and what you have to do to get there and maybe give people like a few little pointers towards getting the perfect one so um let's start with equipment because I think you know it's the bedrock of cooking isn't it just having the right tools and you don't I don't you don't really like 
lots of specialist equipment, but there is a few things you can do, isn't there? The roast dinner is is almost done by eye. It's, it's done by feel. I yeah. feel like it's, it's very much a, a labour of love and it's done by... Well, timing's really, really important, yeah. but you don't need any specialist equipment. It's more about getting a feel for, for when everything's ready. And yeah. I think, obviously, knowing your oven temperature is really important because you're relying on it so much yeah. for a roast dinner. So getting an oven thermometer just to check that your oven is running at the correct temperature yeah. uh, which is vital for things like rare beef or Yorkshire puddings that sort of thing and also the sturdy tins it's something that you don't necessarily um, think is, is important but as soon as you put hot oil into a, into a hot oven and then uh, you start trying to roast potatoes and that buckles yeah. uh, you sort of um, it's quite tricky especially if you're basting roast potatoes and turning them quite often to get them you know that ultimate crispiness nice even as well you need the evenness don't you yeah you, you want a, that even layer of fat on the bottom yeah. so if it buckles you're sort of left with pools of oil um, and then a good heavy deep roasting tin for the meat so to catch any of the gravy i also think if it's too shallow you get a lot more evaporation which yeah. means that you don't get as much flavor in the gravy you want to keep all of that sort of like lovely uh, roasting juices in the base of the tin definitely and i think you know this there might be a little bit more to spend money on but actually the last year I've got roasting tins I've had I know I've had them for at least 10 years and they're good you know they're good solid tins so it is worth investing in for sure yeah and I think the non-stick ones as well sometimes uh, don't last as long as just like the classic stainless steel ones you know and as soon as you get the oil hot enough uh, you're not you're not going to get roast potatoes sticking to them as well so yeah. you know you just get invest invest in the get some investment <laughs> pieces <laughs> I love it um, well, let's talk about meat. We, we're going to come on to some veggie alternatives, but, you know, it is like the cornerstone of a roast. Um, what sort of things can we do to make sure that we get like the perfect joint? I um, I always see it as I almost it's one of my questions that I ask people when when I first meet them is what do you which which roast? What's your hierarchy? So it's yeah. chicken pork, beef or lamb. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I always judge them on which one they put oh, okay. highest. So what would your what would your top be? Um oh, the one I make the most of is probably roast chicken because yeah. I I love a deep roast chicken. But if I'm going out to eat, I would never order roast chicken. I would always have lamb. Yeah. Um I don't know why that is. I just kind of think like I I can make a perfect roast chicken and I've got some really good ways of doing it. But um, but when I'm out, I just love someone else do doing the lamp thing. So, yeah. yeah, I think um, great answer. Probably probably same. <laughs> um, but also you can't beat roast beef when it's done perfectly. Yeah. and it is almost a treat. It's a really big treat um, to have sure. like perfect roast roast beef. So um, roasting joints are really important. Obviously, it depends if you're going to go for the fast uh, the fast cook. So like. Um, uh, like top side or silver side of beef, then you want something that's going to be a little bit pink in the middle. Yeah. Or you could even something that's a bit, uh, got a bit more like harder working cuts of meat. Yeah. So like brisket for beef. I love uh, brisket. You could do roast, roast brisket, absolutely delicious with like classic gravy with yeah. onions amazing and you get loads of those like because you so if you cook it in a bit more liquid yeah you've got so much gorgeous gravy uh going over the brisket brilliant and then um for pork some uh classic cuts are leg shoulder and pork belly yeah um 
obviously pork's a little bit more fatty so I would often do to put the oven at the highest it can go and blast the skin on the meat well oiled well salted dry uh, and then oil it and blast it in the oven for sort of 20 minutes just to get give that crackling a head start yeah and then I'd cook it quite low and slow so you get meltingly tender meat and all the fat that's in between the sort of the meat layers um, melts and bastes the meat as it cooks so you've got I actually prefer slow cooked pork like that it's for a roast uh, rather than sort of carvable slices of pork. Yeah. so And then whack up the heat again to get really extra crispy, yeah. crispy crackling, which is obviously essential with the roast pork. Yeah, and I, I love the fact that, you know, of all of those cuts you've mentioned, there's quite a few more reasonable cuts because that's what roasting really lends itself to, that kind of slow cook, doesn't it? You know, like lamb shoulder, pork shoulder. Absolutely. Giving it time and, and, and you know, it's it's not your your sort of big flashy joint like a sirloin of beef, which is beautiful, but God, it's expensive. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, especially when you start slow cooking, almost like shredding the meat, it seems to go a lot further, which is really, really nice if you're sort of um, doing an extra special. Because also lamb is quite expensive as well. Um, And it's giving it a bit more love. And when you start to shred it and the meat comes off the bone, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. and it seems to just go a little bit further than sort of carving thick slices, which I, yeah. which I quite enjoy. And one thing I do, because there's only two of us, and I do occasionally get, you know, a craving for lamb or pork, is um, I don't just go and buy like a tiny bit of lamb because it doesn't really work out, you know, price-wise. Yeah. It, you, you pay a lot more money. So what I'll do is I'll get a shoulder and slow cook it, and I'll kind of take off the bit that I'm going to, half of me and Matt that week and then I'll kind of pull the shoulder apart in big chunks and freeze it and then when I've finished doing the roast and finished off the gravy I'll like freeze the leftover gravy and we can get like you know two three um roast dinners out of out of one joint yeah and it's already made and the, the beautiful thing about slow cooking is you defrost it on the day you'll just put it back in the oven for like, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes and it just comes back and it's, it's got, you know, like you go to the supermarket and you see those, oh, we've done this for you, the six hour roasted lamb joint. That's exactly what you're doing. You're just yeah. doing exactly the same thing, but you're, it's, it's a lot cheaper. So I love doing that. Yeah. And you also, you're not putting the oven on for, you know, it's sort of like three times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're only doing it once. You've done the hard work. Yeah. I love that. And you could also, if it was something a little bit drier, for example, like like if it was pork, you could slow cook that and then even freeze it with with the resting juices or even in the gravy. Yeah. And then re rewarm it with the gravy. Um, just you know, for as a added added bonus. Yeah, no, it's, it's so many good things you can do with that. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. 
and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. This episode is brought to you by Dove. You use all the right skincare products for your face, but your body has been missing out. With new Dove Serum Body Wash, you can give your body the vitamin C glow it's been wanting, the hydration boost it's been craving, and the active skincare ingredients it deserves. It's time for your body care era. New Dove Serum Body Wash. Get Dove or get FOMO. If you are doing a chicken or, you know, you're doing a leg of lamb that you want to serve pink or you're doing the sirloin of beef that we talked about earlier, then I think resting is really important, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, it serves um, a really important function, which is um, as the meat rests, the muscle relaxes and you sort of, you get some reabsorption of the the, the resting juices yeah. rather than it being very very sort of tight and um, almost it's harder to carve uh, when it's just hot um, you almost need to let it relax and yeah. rest for you know at least twenty minutes thirty yeah. minutes depending on the size of the joint um, just you get such uh, better texture in the meat and a lot juicier meat yeah. that way and then you can do that thing of you know if you're using a, a thermometer for testing. You can kind of leave it a few degrees under the optimum uh, temperature time, and then the rest in time it'll just come up to temperature and just kind of finish, finish coming up, which is always really useful as well. Yeah, I, I, um, I tried. I've d- tried that so many times because I didn't. I didn't understand the science of okay. it, like how it continues to cook as it comes out of the oven. It's like, but surely, surely, you know, it doesn't. <laughs> and, and if you use a inter- an internal thermometer, yeah. absolutely, it does. It goes yeah. up a few because it just continues to cook yeah. throughout the meat. So, uh, particularly with beef, it's yeah. really important to do that because you obviously you want to rest the meat because you want to you want it to be the best possible. Uh, experience but also you you want it to um not overcook yeah so yeah giving it those two or three degrees um and then that gives you the nice oven space as well you've got your big joint out of the oven you can whack your roasties in you can whack them up and do your like last minute you know browning of your essential collie cheese (laughs) yeah browning of the collie cheese the yorkshire puddings i always leave those until the the meat's resting so i can serve those piping hot like straight gloriously puffed from the crispy oh so hungry (laughs) um let's talk about some veggie alternatives then i mean because you know a lot more people are are eating less meat um people i know who like to have a bit of the meat and a bit of the veggie (laughs) main as well (laughs) yeah definitely it's nice to i think it also reduces the amount of meat you do i think a variety on a roast on a roast and a plate is really important particularly with vegetables you know you need to have i'd say like at least two two or three different types of vegetable on a because they're the hero of the dish as well yeah, as the exactly. meat. Um, but sort of a centerpiece. You want something that can be as impressive as yeah. a roast chicken and all, you know, the fixings. Um, and I think as we're going into sort of uh, late autumn, winter, cooler months, I think a whole pumpkin can be really nice roasted and stuffed. And you can do some really interesting things, like different things you can stuff it with, um, like different types of rice. Uh, different grains or even additional like roasted vegetables um, and you can sort of 
uh, hollow it out and roast it hollow and then stuff it and re-roast it. Nice. And it becomes like this incredible centerpiece that you can carve at the table. Yeah. Looks really impressive. Um, and it's quite easy to do. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a little bit different from sort of the, obviously I do, do I am a fan of a nut roast. Yeah. Um, they have come a long way since I was a vegetarian. <laughs> We've got some great recipes for nut roasts online, I have to say, or, or like variations on nut roasts. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's some really interesting things. And I think the way that um, palates have become adapted to sweet and savoury at yeah. the same time has really helped nut roasts become something that's sort of like umami packed and then the sweetness of it yeah. because they used to be quite simply savoury one-dimensional note I mean I'm talking 20 a long time ago 25 years ago yeah, yeah. Um, but 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 now there's almost like the honey glazes and the caramelised nuts that you can put through it yeah. and lots of soy sauce and umami flavours that sort of bring um, a complexity to it that 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 isn't sort of just breadcrumbs and, and nuts and, and lentils there's some really interesting flavours you can add to it yeah I love that um, and also, it's you know something that you can carve at the table, but it does. I know um, it might be a controversial thing to say as well. What we were saying with eating the meat and the and the veg, but it's a lovely idea to mix it with a stuffing as well. So if you have a veggie stuffing, yeah, it's like a really nice um, combination. Yeah, for I the, love that. For the meat, great ideas. All right, let's talk about some of the fundamentals of a roast, starting with gravy because I know that you're me and you are both <laughs> we're both northern and yeah. it's it's kind of like gravy is a is a non non-negotiable non-negotiable yeah. but like how how do you like it is it do you like it I know like some people I know like really thick gravy yeah which to me just says like you've just made bisto yeah not that there's anything wrong with bisto but um but I kind of like it in betweeny so what's your perfect gravy? Totally agree. It's half, It's a It's a half and half. Yeah. It has to be thick enough to coat the potatoes when I pour it on, yeah. but not thick enough that it, Just sits it there. meets resistance <laughs> when you pour the, pour the gravy jug. Um, I've actually started for, if I'm cooking for more than four people, doing two jugs of gravy and doing one thick and really? one thin. Really? Yep. Because and all, on, <laughs> I'm just adding a little bit. So if I, so with roast potatoes, yeah. I haven't got on to the... Uh, no, no, that's <laughs> the next one. But when um, it, the the water underneath, when you cooked, blanched the roast potatoes, yeah. um, I pour a jug of gravy out thick and then I add more of that sort of salty, starchy oh, nice. uh, potato yeah. water, just thin it down a little bit. Yeah. And add two 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 drugs of gravy, particularly for Christmas when everyone's got very very strong opinions yeah, on how their really Christmas have. dinner needs to needs <laughs> to be. So yeah, two gravy jugs. It's the way forward. I love it. Um, it's funny because I think we talked about this before, but my sister, if she's in a pub or a restaurant and she's ordered a roast, even before they've put the uh, the plate down. She'll go, can I have more gravy, please? And I'm like, you didn't even look at the plate. Extra jugs of gravy. Yeah. But yeah. Where, I mean, in the Northeast, you will get your roast and you will get a jug of gravy, like almost per person on the yeah. table as well. It's just, so you don't even have to ask for it up there. Yeah, I, I do. I don't like it when, if you have a roast dinner out, if the, the gravy is already poured, because yeah. I'm quite specific on where it goes as well. <laughs> Uh, so it can go on roasted vegetables, yeah. but not not steamed or blanched or, okay. or yeah, or and it has to be on the other side of the plate from the cauliflower cheese. Yeah, and what's your like? What's your top tips about making it at home? 
Um, so I really like adding um, a, a knob of butter right at the end just for nice. a really lovely glossy finish. Uh, it's sort of, it, it adds a little bit of um, like a, a restaurant-y touch. Yeah. And you don't, um, wouldn't necessarily... Think of think of doing it um, because there's quite a lot of obviously fat in the roasting yeah. tin, but actually it adds like a nice glossy uh, sort of like viscosity, yeah. which is really nice. Like it's quite a traditional French. Um, Are you a kind of roasting tin gravy person, as in taking the joint out and then making the gravy in the tin? Or yeah, do do yeah. So when the when the meat is resting, I then add the potato water yeah. and the, uh, you know any any vegetable water or anything that I've been cooking with and I add that I'll never use like boiling water and then you can uh, if you want it it thicker it always takes I always spend a little bit more time on the gravy because it is quite an important part being northern Um, (laughs) so you know I do spend at least a good 10-15 minutes you know seasoning it correctly adding uh, enough sort of like um uh, of the water and reduce or even reducing it yeah. thicker and also if i'm in a if i am in a little rush i probably would use corn flour but um if you mash flour plain flour and butter together yeah. and whisk that in that gives you a really really luscious gravy yeah. i do um, that and I, I like the i like the sort of experimentation of you know just taking you've taken the joint out you're looking in the in the what's left in the usually I put onions under the joint or something maybe some garlic sometimes and then just adding things like you know a splash of wine or a yeah. splash of vermouth or whatever you've got in the fridge or a splash of red wine if it's um if it's a, a roast beef yeah and then as you said just kind of gradually adding bits and pieces to it you yeah. know like maybe a few extra fresh herbs or something or more seasoning um and just just adjusting it and tasting it because it as you said it is the absolute like thing that makes the entire roast isn't absolutely it? i do yeah i think people don't don't try their gravy before they pour, pour it into their dishes yeah. and i think it is is important um but also there is a recipe in the december issue for a gorgeous roast duck with sherry shallots so the gravy Ooh. is just and the 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 duck is seared and then slow slow cooked um and it's under a bed of um sherry just exclusively sherry no stock wow and so it sort of reduces and like mixes with the duck uh sort of resting in cooking juices and you get the most amazing like sweet raisiny gravy yeah. that works perfectly for like Gorgeous. gamey meat so it's really nice to sort of add a splash of something you know uh like wine or yeah or, or sherry or masala or something just to give it a little extra like warmth and depth yeah. how do you deal with like fat and a roast because often like i will i'll just incorporate it like say say roast chicken if i've got the juices and there's a bit of chicken fat. I'm like, that's great. I'm going to use that. So then I'll just sprinkle the flour over the top and whisk it. And then yeah. that becomes the thing that kind of thickens it. But then if you've got something that's a little bit fattier, like uh, like duck or, you know, like lamb shoulder, it mm. can be quite fatty. How do you deal with the fat? So before I sort of deglaze the pan, I'll pour all of the 
roasting liquid into a jug um, and let it settle for a few minutes. And I find that the smaller the surface area, the thicker the layer of fat. Oh, yeah, that's a good shout. And so you can pour it off a lot easier. I find it really hard to spoon off the fat from the tin. Without spooning off the precious juices. Exactly. You don't want to waste (laughs) any of those. So, yeah, so pour it into a jug, skim off, and then pour it back in and then add add your your, your liquid. Every year I say to myself, I must get one of those amazingly fancy jugs but you know they've got the spout at the bottom yeah so you can pour away the juices without pouring away the fat but I still haven't managed to get myself one (laughs) all right let's move on to some of the little essential side bits um Yorkshire puddings now for beef only or served with everything it's a family preference to have Yorkshire puddings with everything same as mine it would it wouldn't be a roast without a Yorkshire pudding, I yeah. think. It would be questioned. <laughs> um, but for me personally, I don't necessarily think all roasts need, need it. Controversially, roast potatoes <laughs> and Yorkshire puddings. I don't think it needs both of those. Yeah. Um, Is it one or the other, do you think? Um, no, I don't think it needs either. Oh, I God. think you can have a roast dinner perfectly, like wonderful roast dinner without without roast potatoes and yeah. I know I'm probably obsessing a lot of people there sorry <laughs> um but yeah no Yorkshire yeah I, so I do make them a lot a lot a lot yeah. what's um, your um, what's your perfect method for Yorkies so uh, when the meat's resting I, I so I cook roast potatoes in in quite a lot of oil the whole tray is covered in in oil yeah and so and I feel a bit um, I don't. I don't want to waste that oil. Basically, once I've scooped the potatoes out, put yeah. them in a heat-proof uh, serving dish, and I'll put those back in the oven to warm through. Oh, okay. And so that oil that I've taken from the roasting tin of the roast potatoes, I will pour that into the into a muffin tin. Yeah. So I like smaller Yorkshires, so you can have more of them rather than having larger ones. And um, I'll I'll use the roasting potato oil for the Yorkshire puddings wax that that's such a good idea I've not thought about doing that and you're really like saving your oil then because normally you wouldn't keep that oil you just have to yeah yeah. and I feel a bit better about you know using it quite a lot of oil what kind of oil do you use so I use uh, sunflower or rapeseed oil because it's Um, neutral and it's high smoking points yeah high smoking point and I also I feel like um you you don't really want to add extra flavours where things can be competing on the plate. So um, I don't really add herbs or garlic to my roast potatoes either. I just keep them very, very plain and let them, you know, uh, speak for themselves. But yeah, they have to be extra, extra crispy. Have you got a a recipe that you always use for both the Yorkshires and the the potatoes? Because I went through a phase of, with my roasties I was um I was roughing them up in the sieve after parboiling and then my mate told me about um he used um dried mustard powder yeah and flour so I use a mix of that to to kind of toss them in but then I've made them like you know plain as well and I've put is this something that you always do I I think I'm the same as you I've tried roast potatoes Probably fifty different. Yeah. different I've used potato starch, yeah. uh, corn, corn flour. Yeah, I read that somewhere. Potato starch. Yeah, chefy uh, cornmeal, uh, plain flour, and I honestly think the best potatoes are 
just on their own and well parboiled. So they get actually, they're sort of just about to break up. They need to be really parboiled. So you get the crunchy. Yeah, yeah. and you get really, really fluffy spuds and then the amount of oil that's in the tray. So they've got really good contact with the oil when they're roasting. Um, I used to do flour a lot so when you sort of uh, rough them up after yeah. they've drained I'd sprinkle a few tablespoons of flour in but I actually find that I prefer the crispy edges when it's when they're just on their yeah, own it's interesting yeah, yeah I feel the same way and um, another little freezer tip because you can freeze Yorkshires as yeah. well really successfully and I found out the other week when I made um, I made loads of roasties and um someone who's meant to come around for dinner didn't, didn't come in the end so I had all these roasties left and I just didn't I was like oh we can't eat them but like we won't eat them during the week so I froze them and they've been cooked and then got them out for Sunday lunch and they were amazing yeah. they were so good and they they came back um, you know put them back in the oven didn't put any more fat on because you didn't need to because it's kind of in the skin Yeah. but defrosted them you probably could have done it from frozen actually and they just took like 10, 15 minutes to come back to these absolutely incredible roasties, but without all of the faff and the fat and the juggling around in the oven. Great so. tip. You could even, if, if you wanted to do a midweek roast, yeah. you could do that and then just uh, bash them in the air fryer. Oh, so yeah. you're not even, you know, you've got a bit more. Yeah. Uh, Have you got an space. air fryer? I do. Yeah. yeah, I do a lot of roast vegetables, particularly for like larger yeah. roast dinners. Yeah. So like whole, I love to do whole carrots in the air fryer. Wow. Um parsnips I do in the air fryer I feel like you get more of a things that have got quite high sugar content that can almost go catch too too quickly when they still go a bit woody I think um an air fryer is great for those and it saves that space that for you know because the really important thing about roast potatoes as well is that they need a load of space they on the tray. So yeah. you need to use the biggest tray or even two trays, really. And, and It's a whole shelf, isn't it, taken up? It is, yeah. And then once if you've got the meat in there as well, I've only got a small oven, so I use that for the... And then, obviously, I have to put my cauliflower cheese in the oven somewhere. So, <laughs> yeah, I do... I um, use the air fryer for extra extra roasted veg. Yeah. Um and yeah, super, super speedy. Love that. I was going to ask you about regional differences because in Newcastle, where I'm from, it's it's quite normal to get served mushy peas <laughs> with your roast. <laughs> like, But you will get served a selection of vegetables. You know, you'll get for the table, there will be dishes of different things. Yeah. Um, smashed carrot and swede is yeah. one, or smashed carrot and turnip as we call them because we don't call them swedes, we call them turnips. Um, mushy peas for sure collie cheese definitely yeah um what what else do you know regionally that um like that um, served <laughs> I, I so uh we have pickled onions with our roast chicken no yeah, really yeah yeah <laughs> and I don't know if it's a regional thing but it's definitely a family thing that we will always have pickled onions with even with the gravy wow. uh, with roast with roast chicken yeah, and I urge you to try it. So it could just be a, a Glover thing. It could be a Glover thing, yeah. But um, What style of pickled onions do you go for? Like, not the silver skin ones, the big ones. They're like, absolutely, like, full of flavour, like, really dark, dark brown vinegar. Yeah, ones. yeah. <laughs> and also roasted onions. Um, we always had roasted onions. Um, wow. I think because we always... It's like a veg yeah, on the yeah, side. Yeah, I so love that. whole uh, cooked underneath the meat or... Um, 
even with the potatoes, cooked in the skin. And so they're sort of really melting soft in the middle yeah. and then you get the crispy outside edges. Um, I almost, I kind of really, I just really, really like like roasted onions like that and that's something that we always had no matter what the, yeah. the roast was we'd always have it's, it's interesting that it kind of links you back to that nostalgia because for me like no one will ever top my grandma's sunday mm -hmm. roast yeah and when i go back home sometimes you'll go to to certain places that do what i call a grandma roast which yeah. i'm i'm really happy with i don't always want a like a super posh like modern british roast which has just got too many fancy things on it yeah. you just kind of want a you know a plate of comfort and that's where it comes from absolutely that's where the uh, carrot and swede comes in yeah definitely with lots of butter and white pepper on oh, delicious. <laughs> yeah. and finally um sunday lunch traditions around the world i was just going to speak about this briefly because i did a podcast with um fernando trocker uh he's an argentinian chef and he said um, in Argentina, everyone get, does a like asado, which is a, a barbecue on a Sunday, like a meat. He was like, we love the meat, but mm. we'll just get the barbecue out. It doesn't matter where you are. Even if you've got like a tiny balcony, the, the, um, the barbecue will come out and you'll be there grilling the meat and everyone gathers around. And I think it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that around the world that, that happens? Yeah, it's nice that it's... Um, a roast and it can bring people together it yeah. is a, it is a family it is very much a family occasion yeah um and although obviously ours is based around our, our oven because yeah. of our temperamental weather it's um, amazing that you can do you know roasts and even in australia as well like having roasts uh on on, on the barbie and things kind like of that. link you back to that yeah, yeah. and i was going to give a shout out to um Jager Wise as well because she was on she's um, she's a brewer but she's also um, a landlady of the Tavern and the Hill Pub um, in North London and she was telling us about um, their jerk Sunday roast which combines all the best bits of kind of jerk meat wow. with Sunday and she said it's so popular and they also do this thing called jerk gravy which like I have to go and dry because that just sounds incredible but it just it just speaks to the kind of like the love that people have for that dish basically yeah. and like you said how it brings everyone together love that yeah anyway you can find loads and loads and loads of recipes on olivemagazine.com a lot of them are yours Anna <laughs> for um, for perfect roasts for sides for veggie alternatives so go and check that out but thanks so much for coming to chat to us again Anna it's been brilliant thank you thank you for listening to the Olive Podcast for recipes and more information, head to olivemagazine.com. Do remember to listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where our guests reveal their best cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. And don't forget to subscribe at iTunes, Acast, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.